the Lord be with you and also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. We gather in virtual worship this Eastertide Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation today and later around the globe. The service includes the sermon recorded April 28th, along with music and liturgy from earlier services. We welcome your support and responses. We invite your attention to the possibilities for ministry and pastoral support available on our website. We await your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
pray together. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the first epistle of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this way, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers and sisters, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 22 with the Antiphon. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Would you now please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Glory to you, O Lord. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May we respond to Easter in worship, in history, and in life. Let us respond to Easter in worship, for here we are just for a moment in worship, hearing the hymns of Easter, hearing the Easter word. We yearn for the day, may it be soon, when we can sing with each other, greet each other face to face, offer each other a Methodist handshake. For now, we rely on daily prayer. We gather outside for morning prayer. We especially listen together, drawn in from around the globe, come Sunday at 11 a.m., right now. Others, too, have known the yearning of and for worship. The beloved community which gave birth to our gospel today did so. For a moment, moved by the imagination to a borrowed upper room, say in Ephesus, maybe in the year 90 AD. Candles burn, a meal has been offered and received. There is among the 50, say there present, a gradual settling, a quiet. It may be a long quiet, starting from that late first century numinous circle and ending, hic et nunc here and now. Acute pain abides in this 90 AD circle. The pain of the loss of a beloved leader, the pain of the loss of a venerable religious lineage, the pain of the loss of a prized eschatological hope, love, faith, and hope lost. Our global radio circle today bears too a shared pain, the global trauma of a global pandemic. Yet as the circle settles back then, a prayer and a reading and a further silence and a long hymn song. Then the one who has held them speaks. Imagine the early church, small and struggling in worship, in a borrowed upper room, in the silence and in the singing, and in then the antiphonal, mournful and joyful worship antiphon. Were these gospel words first sung? I am light, life, resurrection, way, truth, good shepherd, door, bread, water. I am the true vine. You shall know the truth that they may know thee, the only true God. Every heart has secret sorrows, especially now by COVID time. Every land has cavernous grief, especially now by COVID time. Back then, for the antiphonal ancient singers of our scripture, the hurts, their hurts, were dislocation, disappointment, and departure, and they named them. Can you name yours? Have you named your hurt? Hear the Easter antiphon, abide in me as I abide in you. 
That is, stay, remain, settle, dig in, locate. Vines take a long time to grow, but, but so. John's portrait of Jesus arose from his constant awareness, which he shared with members of his community, that they were living in the presence of the glorified one. So dazzling was this glory, so dazzling was this glory, that any memory of a less than glorious Christ was altogether eclipsed. With the ancient beloved community, can you lift an Easter a muted Alleluia? Every hymn, for all its joy, carries a guttural memory of acute hurt. In worship today, can you pray with joy without forgetting the brokenness out of which that Alleluia comes? Let Charles Wesley, let Charles Tindley, let the poor of your own ancestral family's older past guide you. Let us respond to Easter in worship. Let us respond to Easter in history. What about our place in history, our communal responsibility in real time? A surface glide across Holy Scripture will not allow, cannot provide gospel insight. You want to sift, to scour the scriptures. You want to know them inside and out, upside and down, through and through and through. And then, it may be, by happenstance or grace or the clumsy luck of a very human preacher, you may hear a steadying, saving word. Look back an Easter month. Not activism alone, but engagement matters most in history. Through this Easter season, Easter tide, you have perhaps noticed, noted, or winced to hear the letter of John, 1 John, amending, redacting, muting, and amplifying the gospel of St. John. You are keen listeners, practiced and adroit, so you will have wondered a bit about this. Why does 1 John nip at the heels of the gospel of John? The two books, John and 1 John, were written by different authors in different decades, in different circumstances, with different motives. The gospel acclaims spirit. The letter adds in work, ethics, morals, community, tradition, leadership, and judgment from on high, rather than judgment by belief and by believer alone. We may just have, it is important to say, the gospel as a part of the New Testament, with all the gospel's radicality, due to its brother-named letter, vouching, as it were, for the sanity of the gospel. The letter, like James Morrison Witherby George Dupree, takes good care of its gospel mother, the very cat's mother, you see. On April 11th, the gospel in chapter 20 revealed the spirit, elsewhere called paraclete or advocate, come upon us, and with it, received the forgiveness of sins. But at the heels, nipping, comes along 1 John in chapter 2 that day, which names the paraclete or advocate not as spirit, but as Jesus Christ, the righteous, whose commandments all are to keep on pain of disobedience become lying and truth taken flight. Both read on the same Sunday, within minutes of each other, even as they face each other in loving disagreement. Or on April 18th, the gospel, alleluia, still lingering with the Lord and God risen, 
the letter in chapter 3, on the kiviv and on the attack, spells out again in no uncertain terms that the righteous do the right. Handsome is as handsome does. Both read on the same Sunday, within minutes of each other, even as they face each other in loving disagreement. Or on April 25th, the gospel in chapter 10 claimed the pastoral image of the good shepherd whose one glorification on the cross is meant to obliterate the need of any other such. But the letter, worried, worries out in chapter 3 a long and sorry recollection of Cain, Abel's one-time brother, and the demands of love from one who laid down his life and with whom and for whom we are then meant to do the same thing in the same time in the future. Let us not love in word and speech, but in deed and truth, says 1 John 3, when the whole of the Gospel of John says simply, love. Love that words outlast deeds and that speech, that of the glorious risen, ever routs works. Both 1 John and the Gospel of John read on the same Sunday within minutes of each other, even as they face each other in loving disagreement. And now today, May 2nd, when and where our one great gospel, the spiritual gospel, counsels abide and remain in chapter 15. Just hear the letter of 1 John in chapter 4, fearing antinomial abandon, appends to his own most beautiful love poem, the charge again of lying, of lack of love of brother, of schism that surely created this letter, 1 John as the spiritualists and the traditionalists, the Gnostics and the ethicists parted company, one toward the free land of Montanus and Marcion, the other toward Rome and the emerging church victorious, against which the gospel was born, bred, written, and preached. Both read on the same Sunday, within minutes of each other, even as they face each other in loving disagreement. Of course, gospel and letter both are right, or we would not still need or read them, let alone together. But you are right, too, to feel some neck pain, some whiplash, as gospel soars and letter deflates. It is, it is as if the Song of Solomon were being sung by Obadidim. The blessed scripture bears incontrovertible, conflicted witness. Easter is a conflicted and so a muted alleluia and was so already 20 centuries ago as the resurrection cross of Jesus was raised up in mournful joy, in a real joy made real by its honesty about sorrow. Real joy becomes real by its honesty about sorrow. For us to move out of COVID time and on into joy, we shall need honesty about what we have lost and whom. For us to move out of COVID time and on into joy, we shall need honesty about what we have lost and whom. The scripture, read hard and deep, can help us. For history is endless contention and intractable difference, including religious history, perhaps especially including religious history. To respond to Easter in history for you will mean bearing the cross of endless contention and intractable difference, the daily labors of history and community, 
where the best of intentions sometimes run afoul of circumstance or chance. And more, there may well come a discreet time for you as a person of faith to say something or to do something, a time when some somewhat risky and uncomfortable mode of social involvement or existential engagement will beckon you. Let us respond to Easter in history. Let us respond to Easter in life. The gospel prepares us for the lifelong work of responding to Easter. The gospel tells about resurrection largely on the basis of experience, experience and troubles, troubles that provoked lasting questions. The gospels and the letters respond in life to Easter in a muted alleluia, in a sober acclamation. They acclaim, the church is alive, they claim, especially when we come to celebrate the life of a dear sister or brother in faith, we have a powerful experience of the church alive across the river of death. The church is the body of Christ, and we affirm a bodily physical resurrection tasted for a time in the church militant. I give you Emily Dickinson. This world is not conclusion. A species stands beyond, invisible as music, but positive as sound. It beckons and it baffles. Philosophy don't know, and through a riddle at the last, sagacity must go. Or as one of our wise beyond years undergraduates said last month, I will be careful with any kind of hope that I have. I will be careful with any kind of hope that I have. The future is open, they acclaim. There is, that is, a spiritual resurrection in your future. Once we met a psychiatrist who said his work was to offer the possibility that stories might have different endings. You know, that story of your life at its worst, the one that seems to have the same ending no matter how you live and how you tell it, that story can have a different ending, another conclusion. It can. It can. Your repeated narrative of inherited addiction can be overcome in sobriety. Your national adolescence and forgetting the limits of power can be overcome in a more collegial, humbler, more mature foreign policy. Your usurpation can give way to response. Your isolation can give way to community. Your imperialism can give way to justice. We can learn lessons from our own experience. Your religious amnesia about what is fun, really fun in faith, that is giving and inviting, stewardship and evangelism can be lifted like a fog at dawn, and you can sing out your soul. Things can and will in Christ be better for you and for us. That repeated tale of employment and unemployment, loss and love, relationship and rejection, all that can change. The cycle can be, be broken when what is in place is invaded by what is taking place. Love is real, they acclaim. In this way, at least for once, the letter surpasses the gospel. The child outdoes the parent. B. 
Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. Who would or could or should say more. Let us respond to Easter in life. The church is alive, the future is open, love fills the heart, foretastes of heaven. If the heavenly banquet has this menu, perhaps we need over these few earthly years to acquire a certain taste for certain things, faith, hope, love. May we respond to Easter in worship, in history and in life. It is an Easter call to the altar. It is your own Easter altar call. So, dear friends, travel with a little imagination. Imagine Eucharist at Marsh Chapel. Stand to sing, pause to reflect, step out into the aisle, look at and look past Abraham Lincoln and Francis Willard, receive cup and bread, bread and cup, Kneel at the altar to pray. Stand in communion with the communion of saints. Here is the bread and cup of friendship. Imagine a congregation reciting together a creed, psalm, hymn, or poem. Imagine, if you are willing, a congregation currently in diaspora, but just now, by the word spoken and heard, a gathered and thus addressable community, you and I and all together, able to respond to Easter. Amen.
before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought, to a, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread and in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. 
Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 